We go. Hello. Uh, welcome to episode 159 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comma number five, and my fellow host is a spooky boy. There is no bit. Oh, it's Big Tuck back from the grave. After my crippling rugby injury last week, I've come to haunt the halls of Vegas, where you can find us at Magic 30. <laughs> I could die. Like, I could be dead. You don't know. You don't know. Don't look at me like that. I could be dead. You know this. I mean, this is true. This is I don't true. really get, uh, oh, and also, uh, just for those playing the home game, I don't really get nervous about, so I have, my, I have our first rugby game tomorrow of okay. the season. Maybe the only game I'm playing this whole season. And the day before, so back when we were playing football together, you look, by the way, you look very well rested before I get into all that. You look, you're, you're, you're looking, you're looking great. You're looking healthy. Have you been using to use moisturizer? What's going on here? No, uh, I think it's uh, like you, you and I were talking before we even went live uh, for people that, um, you know, work's just been really busy. And honestly, it's been good busy type stuff. Like there's always frustrating crap that I hate. Yeah, right. With. It's work, right? Yeah. But I will say it's like leading to good stuff. So yeah, I, I think it's just. Do you feel like you've been I sleeping haven't... better because of that, or? No, no, not really. I didn't get any. I didn't get any two in the morning text messages from you about <laughs> Disney related properties. So that was that was an that was a change of pace. Oh man, that She Hulk finale was bomb. I heard it's like very meta, right? Oh, it's super meta. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about Charlie Cox being back in it. Spoiler, I guess, but that everyone was knows. So good. Yeah, like so, I like him a lot. But I don't know. I, I I think that I can't be watching that. For those on Twitch, we just did get a new preview. I assume you're seeing Black Adam this weekend. Uh, yes, me, single Aaron, the Goat are all going, and uh, Godfather. When tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, we're we're doing okay. a basic bitch day. We're all gonna go get brunch and then go see the movie. God, it's like my nightmare. So I was gonna. So I was gonna say, you remember back in football days, right? When we got on the bus or when we were like getting ready in the locker room, how was, what was your like emotional, like what was your, your emotions, your feelings feel like? Like going to the game, it's very much like I'm in the zone, uh, at least from what I remember. Like I didn't really right. want to talk yeah, to it's people. Been a while. I just kind of was focusing on the game. And I always remember getting like that jitter in my right leg where I would just sit there and just yeah. like bounce my leg like really, really fast. I, that's such a random question. Why do you ask? Well, because like I said, I have my first rugby game of the of the I have my first rugby game since Canada tomorrow, right? Yeah. And it may be my only rugby game I'm playing this whole season, which is a different story. But like the morning before rugby games, I'm a mess. Like I'm okay. not. I have I have no appetite. Like I get the shakes. Like I'm not social. I'm like a complete. Dis like I'm like what? What if I get injured? You know, something like that. And like I'm just like, huh, 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 right. And then the second it goes to kickoff, I'm like dialed in, like for the rest of the game. And I don't feel, I don't feel nerd. Like even if I'm going down some 400 pound guy one on one for the rest of the game, I'm like completely dialed in, not nervous at all. Is that weird? That is like I'm weird. like I'm like shaking. And then I was talking to Scooty Shuffles, friend of the show, and he played football in all the way through junior college, I think. And he was like, "No, I'd fall asleep like on the train, or like if they're taking buses, he'd be like asleep, like not nervous at all." And I was like. I don't know, man. I like I just get really anxious. So I'm a little I'm a little worried about that, but I'm really excited. I'm really excited about this because when people will be listening to this, 
we will be in lost wages hanging out together in person. Oh my gosh. You know what I just realized? That lost wages is what I've been calling Vegas for the last 10 years? Uh, No. When people are hearing this, it's very reminiscent of the very first Magic Fest Vegas that I went to. Because that's actually oh. when our podcast debuted. I think it literally really? we had it, we had one episode out the week before, and then we had an episode come out while I was in Vegas. And then nice. I think that's when I texted you, like, dude, we got like I think at the time it was like seventy five listeners, and I was like, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I'm super yeah. excited about that, by the way. What and we need to talk afterwards about what to bring, but I I also have an idea for those who are interested. And hearing our experiences of how you might be able to do that out there. But we'll talk about that off cast. Ooh. Well, everyone, as you know, Brews and Bills is our deck tech series. <laughs> uh, we have conquered our path to 32. We've done some exciting themes that EDH could support, and we're mixing it up and uh, doing a chaos draft. We've done Woo! this a times, and it's definitely a fantasy draft with commander decks around some legends. Uh, We're kind of shifting it up a little bit. You're going to see a lot more of our content focused on legends that have just recently been previewed or just recently come out. And we're going to be doing that today. But before we start talking about the legend and exactly what goes into it, Big Tuck and I will each be doing the following. Uh, We're We're going to choose. Go ahead. Nope, that's it. I I didn't see. I'm I'm pointedly not wearing my glasses. Uh, to see how e- hard it's going to be to get through this, because I've been wearing them for too long. So I didn't see that there was a non-highlighted thing first. So please continue. <laughs> Choose the quote-unquote standard eight cards each, and we will cover those before we start drafting. But we also need to make sure we leave in the deck 35 non-utility land slots open. Then we pre-select 40 non-land cards, flip a coin to see who drafts first, and then go round-robin until the deck is complete. But big tuck! What if you pick one of my cards? Well, then the other has to remove it from their draft board. Son of a bitch. Yes. What I got about some... the... Oh, well, we already talked about lands, but, you know... <laughs> we, will be giving a total, we will be giving a total land count recommended and only talking uh, cards up to the available slots. Do you have... I don't, think I, I don't think I have any straight lands in my list. Well, I definitely don't operate whether it's a straight land or gay land... <laughs> But I'm, <laughs> but no, I don't think I have any land. Uh, well, okay, we'll leave that. Okay, as we'll, we'll, we'll uh, talk thing. about it. Okay. Yeah. But each of us will be doing the first 19 will be that snake person draft. So if I win the, the coin flip, which I historically have always done, and True. say Big Tuck, you may go first. He gets to pick number one, but then I get to pick numbers two, then three, then he's four and five, so on. Which so is forth. which is also what has historically happened, if I remember correctly. Absolutely. Yes. And then once we get down through our each 19, we're going to do a lightning round where it's just back and forth, Big Tuck and I. We'll do a quick pause for the live and YouTube audience, but a very short break for the audio only cast while we go plug the stuff into Tapped Out. And then we'll actually give you a look at the deck stats around it. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Today, we are focused on. Baba Yaga or Baba, Baba Yaga. Yaga, the Night Witch. Man, uh, this is one that I picked out. I thought this was pretty darn interesting, if I'm being honest. Yeah. It seemed like a cool way. It seemed like a cool way to do spooky Golgari stuff without it just being straight busted on the card. Sure. So, Big Tuck, why don't you read 
who Baba Lasaga Night Witch is, I'll give some insights to the EDH rec data that's at least available as of now, and then we'll just kind of talk about our direction for this draft. Yes, and we also should mention that because this is airing Halloween weekend, we do have a restriction. Do we want to talk about that now or later? Uh, let, let's do that later. After let's we do that later. Chat. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I I didn't want to steal the thunder from you. Even though by saying that, I guess I kind of did. Anyway, Baba Lasaga Night Witch is a three-three legendary creature, human warlock. Which is funny because I guess I guess there's not witch subclasses, right? Or no, there absolutely yeah, I guess is. Not. Is there? I, know, I think there. I'm pretty sure I have several. A Colas and Golgari. That's a green and a red. Or sorry, a green and a black. And she has a pretty cool activated ability, as Mr. Combo alluded to. Tap, sacrifice up to three permanents. If there were three or more card types among the sacrifice permanent, each opponent loses three life, you gain three life, and then you draw three cards. Better the cold night than her warm hospitality. <laughs> and so right now, you know, this came out in Baldur's Gate, which was, as of the time of this recording, about four months ago, five months ago. Wow. Seriously? Was that May or June? How many sets have come out since then? Like five? Three million. Um. <laughs> And so it hasn't been around very long. It almost has a thousand decks. It's at 888, which is a little creepy. It would only have been creepier if it had been 666. Oh. From a deck distribution standpoint, the average deck usually has about 33 lands, which that's about two less than where we're at. 30 creatures, six instants, seven sorceries, 11 artifacts, 11 enchantments, and one planeswalker. You could definitely see they try to disperse an even amount among the permanent team uh, because of her activated ability. Average mana curve, it doesn't actually give a specific number breakdown, but it looks like it's probably in that 3-2 to 3-6 range, somewhere in there. Yeah. And so, yeah, we did have a spooky, uh, as uh, Big Tuck kind of spoiled, restriction around this. Uh, This being my selection for the week, I said that the card itself had to be something spooky about it, and by spooky we mean like, Witches, skeletons, vampires, just something Halloween-themed, murder, blood, something relating to the card. Ability or effect, so Pale Life is absolutely a spooky effect. Uh, Destroy target creature, absolutely a spooky effect. It could be the creature type, as we talked about, witch, warlocks, whatever. But then the other thing that we did do is that if there was some art printed, because I've already gotten Big Tuck for one of his uh, standard eights, if there was one that had some spooky art, that counted as well. So, Big Tuck, before we kind of go over what our standards were for the deck, how did you approach building this? Did you try to do anything creative or different? I tried to kind of play a more of a mid-range strategy. I tried to lean into, I, I think I only have like four or five instants and sorceries, so I'm playing pretty heavy on the permanent space. Uh, I think, uh, and this, I'm pretty sure I read this a lot, I think tokens are going to be really critical like generating tokens and that sort of thing to be able to sacrifice at least for one of the permanents there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I built around that. Uh, I, I pulled out some pretty deep spooky stuff that is still on theme with a, with a fair amount of graveyard recursion and graveyard abilities, that sort of thing. So I'm in, in a normal world, I'd be playing this as kind of like a mid range uh, Golgari value sort of, sort of turbo value sort of deck. So a lot of, a lot of on sacrifice triggers, that sort of stuff. How about you? Gotcha. What'd you do? You know, for me, I really tried to, and sorry about that, YouTube and Twitch, I was trying to refix my uh, window size. 
Oh, so there we go. for me, I really leaned into all the different permanents. I was like, okay. Okay, yeah. I, I started doing Scryfall searches, and it was just like, okay, let's just look at all the enchantments that work in Golgari. Let's just look at all the artifacts and planeswalkers. And that's really how I built my list. And I really tried to gravitate to things that had the multiple types. So that yeah. way, when you did do the sacrifice, you could only sacrifice one, and it might qualify all three permanents. Right. So that was a real big focus for me. But I do agree. I think this is going to be very much a mid-range value type deck. It's really, you know, I think you're going to do your basic Golgari loss of life on your opponents. You're going to get yep. your, you're probably going to pay some life, but you're also going to gain life like Golgari does. And then for me, the draw three cards I thought was very, very powerful. If I could trade two tokens or two permanents that I'll be able to recycle later and it would qualify for the three and I get three cards off of that, that's really, really powerful. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Plus, it's given us those abilities to get stuff in the yard when we want it there. Because you may even do this and be like, you know what? I'm just going to sacrifice this and not get the effect because I want it in the yard because I have something else to reanimate it or something like that. Definitely. So I, I think I think this commander gives you a lot of legs and a lot of directions that you can really run with. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. I think it's going to be a fun one, and especially because it's spooky. So if we look at the standard cards that we've already added in, um, like I said, we each picked eight. You know, I'll quickly go through the sorceries and creatures. And then, sure. Tuck, if you wouldn't mind doing the artifacts, instants, and enchantments. You got so, it. So, uh, sorcery-wise, it looks like Big Tuck added in Balajed Recovery, which is a really good uh, card. Two colorless green sorcery return target card from your graveyard to your hand. But it does offer the added benefit of being a modal card, so you can have a tapped green-producing land on the backside. Also, Casualties of War, really, really good pick. Two colorless black, black, green, green sorcery. Choose one or more, and you basically can destroy an artifact, creature, enchantment, land, and planeswalker. It was the horrors of war. And rampant growth is one that I gave Big Tuck crap for, but he... Uh, it, okay, so the, here's a question, though. I know for a fact you didn't pick this art, because you never pick art for Tapped Out, ever. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Was, you lucked into it. it. Was, it per, was it perhaps a happy coincidence? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so he picked the rampant growth from 40k, Colorless green sorcery, search your library for a basic land, put that card onto the battlefield, tap, then shuffle that one. And yes, we are not showing these currently on screen just because it would just yeah. be way too much just doing it. But well, you guys will see the rest. But it does count because as Big Tech pointed, there's kind of these bloated yeah, they're... tyranade invaders coming in. Yes, exactly. They come in and suck the biomass from... They're pretty much like the aliens from Independence Day. They come and suck up all the resources and then go on and with bigger and bigger armies. Gotcha. Um, the next one was Toxic Deluge to round out the sorceries. Two colorless black sorcery is an additional cost. It casts a spell, pay X life. Pretty self-explanatory there. All creatures yep. get negative X, negative X until end of turn. And then we do have four creatures. All of these are mana dorks, which is perfect. Yep. Blight, Blight Soil Druid, colorless black, pay a life, add a green. Death Cap Cultivator, colorless green, add a green or black to your mana pool. Elves of Deep Shadow, single green, add a black, it deals one damage to you. And then finally, Leyline Prowler, colorless Golgari, the Death Touch Lifelink, and it also taps to add one mana eventually. Perfect. Yeah. And then go, rounding out the artifact package, we have an immediate banger in here. This was definitely a Mr. Combo pick. We have Bolus's Citadel, three colorless triple black for legendary enchantment. It is quite spoopy. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play the top card of your library. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to its converted mana cost in, instead of paying uh, in spana cost. 
Then finally, you can tap, sack 10 non-land permanents, which plays perfectly into the rest of the themes of the deck. Each opponent loses 10 life. Make sure that you remember when you go to your LGS, that is non-lands, because I know you and I have both got stymied on that one before. Uh, then we have the spooky Golgari Signet, the scariest yeah, of them so all. spooky. It's got a beetle hell. on it. Oh, yeah, Too but by the way, you're about to get roasted for putting Soul Ring in here, you son of a bitch. It's 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 a it's the spookiest card of all time, the one that should be banned. Ooh. Golgari Signet, two colors for an artifact, one colorless tap, get black and green. Uh, of course, standard Soul Ring. Uh, it's the boogeyman of every EDH pod. Everyone's so scared if someone has it in their opening seven. Oh. You're, you're, you're really doing the spooky thing uh, pretty loose here. All right, listen. All right, listen. Between you and me and the between you and me and the wall here, I didn't know that the spookiness also went with the standard cards. I thought it was just the ones we chose. So that was you just look at later. the ones that I put in there and be like, huh, his just coincidentally were spooky. They're all great. I was like, Deathcap Cultivator, what a slam dunk. So anyways, Soul Ring, Talisman of Resilience, two colorless, artifact, tap for green, and then it, that one does ping you for life when you use it. So correct, correct. That's another that's another uh kind of happy happy accident. For an instant package, we have Assassin's Trophy, which is spoopy. It, uh, uh, a god a demigod was killed. So green and a black for an instant story target permanent opponent controls. Its controller may search the library for a basic card, put it on the battlefield, then shuffle. One thing that's exciting about this is I didn't know it just got reprinted, so it's around five, six bucks, which I think is a, a great pickup. Heroic Intervention, we're not going to talk about that because it's not spoopy enough. Uh, and then Murder, of course, this because you're going to get uh -huh. killed. Colorless Double Black for an instant destroy target creature. And then finally, uh, we have our Dictate of Erebos. So three colorless double black for an enchantment with flash. When a creature you control dies, each opponent sacrifices a creature. So that rounds out our standards that we decided to go with in this build. Yeah, and the initial uh, CMC, we're at 282. So I think we have a lot of, we have a lot of room lot to of go room. up. Nine rares, four uncommons, four commons. I do think it's kind of insane that these 17 cards to pick up would cost you about 70 bucks. Yeah, I mean, dictates expensive. Bullets is starting to creep up there too. So yeah, it's, it's wow. It Balaged be... recoveries almost four dollars now. Yeah, I know. Wow, I think I got like a stack of those. Oh yeah, I mean they're like I would say they're like a green standard almost at this point for me. But well, it's just because it was an uncommon, and I opened up yeah. so much of Zendikar. Oh, Rising. that's right. Did you have you bought like what a collector's and a normal one? Uh, I had multiple Zendikar boxes. Uh, and remember, that's the one that I gave away at the summer tournament, not realizing that they did put box toppers in them. Oh, and that's yeah. Marketing Ross and them got the strip mine, I think, or ancient yeah, yeah, yeah. full art. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You lucky SOBs. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into this as we have to. We're going to be doing a coin. Uh, I do not have my Squee McGee get up and fight coin from CMD Tower present, but I do have my Two Face coin. So, Big Tuck, what do you want? I want the, I will take Tails, which I assume is the scarred one, right? Correct. All right, Tails never fails. Let's go. We have Tails. We have Heads. Try to keep my hands on screen. One, two, three. All right. So now the question is, do you want me to just put it down or do you want me to flip it? You caught it like this, right? So it's been caught like this. Yes. Would you like I want me you to, to just... No, I want, want you to do this. Over, yeah, just like a normal, yep. Boom! Unreal! Every time! That's, okay, that, I think I've only won one, and it wasn't when we did the dent coin. I think that coin's weighted. I've taken it up with the judges. Well, Big Tuck, I think I'm going to pick uh, to go second again, so that way yep. I get to pick twice in a row. So let's right. start this off, Big Tuck. What is your 
round one, pick one to kick off a chaos draft. All right. So the first one is a completely spooky card that I think has a ton of value in this deck too. And that card is going to be Silver Smote Ghoul. So this is a newer one um, that I think is pretty interesting. So Silver Smote Ghoul is an uncommon from the Commander Varietal of... 2021 two colors and a black for a three one zombie vampire two spooky creature types at the beginning of your end step if you gain three or more life this turn return it from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and then oh, it also has nice. a colorless and a black sack silver smoke ghoul draw card so i think one thing i think the worst ability on baba is the life gain right like mm -hmm. okay cool whatever but there is a lot of cards especially in golgari that care a lot about losing and gaining life so i wanted to put in a couple here uh, I also like this. This one can kind of cycle itself in like an odd way if you need it in a pinch. Sure. I think people are going to get on to your Baba Yaga gimmick pretty quick. So I wanted to have redundant ways of sacrificing. So all that in a package that cost 17 cents, I thought just did a lot of work for this deck. Yeah, well, I mean, it, if it didn't have the uh, gain three life or turn it to the battlefield tapped, you know, it wouldn't be worthwhile to keep Correct. it. Even 100%. with the self-sacrifice to draw a card. The fact that you, it's basically... I mean, you just sacrifice Silver Smoke Ghoul every time you activate Baba Yaga. Exactly. You always, and yes, I'm going to call it Baba Yaga forever, even though I know that's not what the card is called. Is that not? Oh, it's not Baba Yaga. <laughs> Whoops. No, nope, it is the not. Same thing. Baba Les Lysaga or something. Yeah. But I think it is supposed to be based off of Baba Yaga. Um, but no, Silver Smoke Ghoul. Great pick. Thank you. Well, my. First round one pick is going to be an awesome, awesome enchantment. We are talking Golgari Germination. Oh. So this is a colorless Golgari. You can pick it up for about a quarter. Uh, it's an enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, create a 1-1 one, one green sapperling creature token. Wow. Honestly, pairs great with your silver smote because it's yeah. like, oh, that dies. Boom. We now have a token that just replaced it, and it's going to come back to the battlefield. Yeah. So once you do it first, Every time you sacrifice the smote, you're actually paying for two of the three things that you needed to sacrifice. Hell yeah. Uh, I've never seen this card before, but like, why isn't this played in like every Golgari sack deck? It's so good for three mana. What's not to like? Not, not exactly sure, to be honest. Um, I, I thought it was a great, great pick. Yeah, okay. slam dunk. Love it. So as I told Tuck, I kind of did my searching and my prep for this a little bit different. Um, so I'm going to be bouncing around my list. I didn't necessarily rate yeah. them exactly how I would, but I think for round two, Wishclaw Talisman is so good in this deck for a very specific reason. This Colorless was on my list too. Artifact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this it. was a late one. This was a late one. Uh, you can get it for $3. It's an artifact. So we're getting that there. It ETBs with three wish counters on it. FYI, that'll be never used. Uh, except <laughs> for once. Colorless tap. Remove a wish counter from Wishclaw Talisman. Search your library for a card, put it into your hand, and shuffle. An opponent gains control of Wishclaw Talisman. Activate this ability only during your turn. So you're actually going to activate Wishclaw Talisman whenever you need to do your tutor. Sure. With the effect on the stack, you're then going to activate Baba Yaga, sack the Talisman. Your opponent never gets it. It counts as an artifact, and then you just need two other types. So it's it's almost a... trying to think of the the three mana tutors that this would like qualify. So effectively you got your demonic tutor with a one mana, mana reduction, but sure. it's kind of like putting it in the bank. Like, let me put right. two mana out here. It's here. Whenever I need to, a single colorless will now go fetch me my card. Definitely. As long as Baba Yaga is untapped, I'm just going to, and this would be a good example tuck of like, I'm just going to sacrifice this one thing. Yeah. And, exactly. and lose out on the Baba Yaga effect. 
And if you don't need to, if if you don't need to, how can I say this? If, if, you can also don't have to sacrifice if you want like curry favor with another one of your opponents too, right? So I yeah. love which caught talisman. I know it's not that's more my style than yours, but you know it's still a sweet pick. All right, Tuck, what's your round two selection? All right, I'm gonna get this one out of the way early because this Here's card. No, that's already in there. But this card was the origin of our spookiest uh, recurring bit. And that card is, in fact, Lightning Greaves. Or, as you call them, Spooky Boots. I'm so upset with you. That's our bit. That's been bit. That's been our bit since, like, day one. Uh, Lightning Greaves, for you those who don't know, is a two-colorless artifact equipment with the equipped creature as Haste and Shroud and Equip Zero. Yeah, it's the Spooky Boots. So, come on. It's got to be in there. I get it. It's a bit, but it doesn't fit. It's not spooky. It's a spooky boots. How many, how many more times do I have to tell you this? I'm even like looking at the other arts. Like, is there anything like kind of spooky in the other arts? Nope. Oh, absolutely not. But these are, in fact, Mr. Combo, am I wrong or am I right? Are these or are these not spooky boots? Why did we even start calling them spooky? I honestly have no idea. I was, I was thinking about that like today when I was, when I was at the gym. I was like, why did we start that? It's kind of the same sort of like mnemonic. Like you, how many times have you said the phrase "toy like a tiger" before in your life? Once or twice. Okay, but you know what it is, right? Like you know, sure. oh yeah, it's toy like a tiger. Where is that from? God only knows. So that's, that's fair, I guess. All right, blow me away with your next one. All right, so this one is spook. This one is one hundred percent spoopy and plays into the theme very closely. This one, I did a lot of searches for like. Halloween based cards and try to fit those in as long as they kind of fit the theme. And this one I thought was really interesting. This one's Chime of Night. And Jesus, is that some spooky artwork or is it not? So, Colors in a Black for an enchant creature. So, when it's in or an aura, an enchantment aura. And then what's in, when it's put into the graveyard from play, destroy target non black creature. So, Ooh. I thought this is kind of like an interesting technique of either like baiting out one of your opponents, right? And then yeah. them if you're going to do a board wipe, or even just putting it on one of your own creatures, knowing that if your creature gets blown up, that's going to be a rattlesnake there. Or eventually you just sacrifice it to, to Baba Yaga, and then you're off to the races getting that non black thing. Granted, the non black kind of sucks. They don't really do that anymore. That's kind of was like black's sort of cheap removal back in the day. Mm -hmm. But for me, I just thought it was an interesting ability and an interesting card type to sacrifice. Yeah, no, I, this actually does fit it. Destroying <laughs> something, it's a super scary artwork, yeah. and it appeals to me. It's an old-ass card uh, from there you Destiny. Go. So, yeah, this this checks all the boxes. Yeah! All right. Did it. The next one, it's going to have a lot of spooky consequences. Oh. Because you're going to have to lose life. To get you son of a bitch! This card's not ah. spooky at all! It's absolutely spooky. You lose a life on every effect. I okay. I also missed that part of the lose a life in your in your bizarre. In, how how you is that said like seven that, that is destroying paying life. Like this is you purposely hurting yourself to get benefit. Chard Spark. That's spooky. To be fair, Chard Spark in the tw in the in the uh, in Twitch just said it's spooky crying. <laughs> There we go. So there the black go. market connections, two colorless black. Holy crap. $31. Yeah. Yeah, bro. It's an enchantment. So this can also be, help us get to our three permanent types. But at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, I love that they do that instead of upkeep. Yeah. You get to choose one or more, which is even spookier because you can do them all. Uh, I'm going to sell some contraband, which means we get a treasure token, but we lose a life. 
I'm going to buy information. We're going to draw a card and we're going to lose two life. Hire a mercenary. Create a 3-2 colorless shapeshifter creature token with changeling. You lose three life. Now, here's the cool thing, Tuck. In this deck, we're doing all three probably every single every time. Every time, yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is you and I have talked about this card in the past. Maybe for one of your decks, maybe for something else. And I think you and I had pretty much said that the, the hire a mercenary, we would never do. It was always, well, I'm going to pay three life, draw yeah. a card, get a treasure token. But in this deck, we want those uh, creatures. So then that way we have another target for the sacrifice. So yeah. I think this is an absolute slam dunk. Yeah. And in a pinch, you can sacrifice it too. If you're like, I don't need, really need this anymore, which is not the ideal thing. Um, I did finally see this in play and someone chose five life every single time and just ran us over with value. Six it was life incredible. Thing. What? Six life, you mean? Six life, yeah. Someone just chose a six life every time they had it out, and it was so hard to come back from. So that's only two Baba Yaga triggers, too. Think about that way. Hey, there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, for round four, I'm going with one of my favorite things in all of Magic, where you have off-colored cards in a deck. And so we are talking Bastion of Remembrance. And yes, it would always be helpful if I could learn how to spell. Oh, this is so, a good card. Yeah. Bastion of Remembrance is going to be two colorless black. It's an enchantment. And when it ETBs, you're going to make a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token. Not super creepy. But whenever a creature you control dies, which we're going to be sacrificing and killing yeah. our creatures all the time, each opponent loses a life and you gain one life. And oh my gosh, Tuck, this card's $3.50. Yeah. This is a bulk it's uncommon. Also, it's also expensive. Good lord. I think I have like seven of these just sitting in a binder. So yeah. obviously... We, we get the enchantment, we get the creature, you know, you could almost say, hey, it's three mana, I just need an artifact, and I get a Baba Yaga trigger if you want, but I do think that second effect, being able to slowly drain out and do that blood artist type of effect on the table, is just yeah. going to help, because I don't think there's, I mean, there are there is an infinite combo that I may get to at some point, oh. but outside of that, there's not, like, it's just mid-range, and the way yeah. you went off of mid-range is that persistent effect, and I think that lose a life will be the big one. Yeah, I love it. Um, this was kind of on the list for me as well, but the artwork, it just wasn't spoopy. It wasn't quite spoopy enough for what I was looking for, but I like it. Yeah, we do. I think having a critical mass, as we say in these, is going to make this deck really sing. Yep, absolutely. All right, Tuck, complete out round four and open up round five. All right. Well, this is a quick one. Just trying to find cards that aren't that aren't uh, um, instances of sorceries, but have these sort of effects. So for me, Omen of the Night has a lot of interesting possibilities here. So one black for an enchantment with flash. When it enters the battlefield, uh, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. And then, of course, two colors and a black sacrifice Omen of the Dead Scry 2. First off, it's Spoopy AF because it's Erebos, our boy. And second off, we're our graveyard is just going to be full of stuff, right? So one mana to get something that's huge back from a graveyard to a hand, especially if it's something that's like the ghoul or something that we know we can start making like repeatably sacrifice. Easy to do there. Great target to sacrifice to Baba. And then worst case scenario, you can, if you're in a pinch, you can always just bin it, scry to move on with your life. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's, I, I look at this as like a one mana bad reanimate type of effect. Yeah. You know, it's like, it doesn't actually reanimate, but it does get it back to hand. It is nice that it is at flash speed. And like you said, it's like once it does its bit, it's Baba Yaga fodder. And yep. you're going to need weird one-off enchantments and artifacts and stuff where it almost felt like it could have been an instant or sorcery, but it yes. just it sits there. Exactly. You need those for this deck. Exactly. Completely agree there. So going into round number five, I am going to go with a card 
that is just just straight sacrifice gas. And the artwork on this always looks really creepy to me. So Viridian Emissary, it's an elf scout that's a 2-1 for a colas and a green. And it says, when it dies, you may search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. So there's something about that artwork that just always makes me, that always spooks me out. Like, I thought it was a zombies elf or something because it was originally yeah. a Phyrexian. But... Still a spoopy card there. Again, just great sacrifice fodder for Baba Yaga. You're gonna get something out of it. You're gonna start ramping into maybe some of your bigger threats. To me, this is just, this is kind of like a staple, standard sort of Golgari sacrifice fodder sort of target. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, the artwork is creepy, so it's yeah, it passes. Oh well, that's you said why, creepy because, artwork. So well, Tuck. So they've actually errated the card. Um, it's what actually a Phyrexian elf scout now. So that's oh, why it looks so creepy. There we go. But yeah. Uh, that makes more sense now. I knew there's something right. creepy on it. Well, I'm going to complete round five. And I really, really, really think this is it's creepy. It's creepy because if you look at the art, it's real like it's a living forest in Dryad Arbor. So Dryad Who's Arbor. playing fast and loose with the rules now? <laughs> Well, come look at that artwork. It's a it, it kind of reminds it, me of that forest in Lord of the Rings that the, the company yeah. goes through and like the trees are like alive and it's kind of creepy right and, or, or like the trees that the headless horseman would ride through uh come on that's scary it is it is somewhat creepy but this is you're on you're on notice you're on notice for this so this is a land creature it's a forest dryad and that's that's why i was trying yeah. to stretch it because it fits so damn good it's a land creature forest dryad it's a one one and but it doesn't have a casting cost Bam, as the young kids call it. <laughs> uh, you play this as your land drop, but it does have summoning sickness. You can't tap it until the next turn, but I think you have to have this. You yeah. need as many of these creature plus whatever else in the deck as, as possible. Yeah, again, the spookiness, question mark, maybe a little bit, but yes, this is a slam dunk. Two, two for one for Baba. Great target, even if, even if it comes into play effectively tapped, right? You can't use it right away. This is gonna this is gonna come in a huge pinch for you. Cool. Well, before we start round six, we would love for our community to check out our great patron community. Uh, Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. We have a lot of different tiers on there. Lots of ways for you guys to be rewarded and get engagement with the channel. Actually, be on uh, slinging cardboard rectangles. You could be on brews and builds. Um, we're actually uh, kind of working out the details around being able to uh, host a patron only. Slinging cardboard rectangles on Sunday afternoons where you guys would come in and actually drive the gameplay and someone from the CMD Tower admin team would actually kind of act as like a commentator or the John Madden like, oh man, look at that. Um, what a blowout. Kind of, yeah, and providing all of that color commentary. We thought that'd be kind of fun. So lots of different ways to contribute. Just remember patreon.com slash CMD Tower. So opening up round six, I think this card absolutely qualifies as a spooky card because it does bring things back from the dead. So, Ooh. Journey to Eternity. Colorless, black, green, legendary enchantment aura, enchant a creature you control for $5. That's all it does. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when enchanted creature dies, return it to the battlefield under your control, then transform Journey to Eternity, or, well, you, you gotta return it to the battlefield transformed as uh, at Zal Cave of Eternity. It's a legendary land, you could tap it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool, but the creepiness continues yes. for three colorless Golgari tapped return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It is an overcosted reanimate, 
but this card is going to just help out a lot. Yeah. And I think it's going to be super, super easy to, to get it to trigger. Absolutely. Uh, you can sacrifice this enchantment in a pinch if you need to, which isn't ideal. But if you just need to, if you need to draw some cards, you get there. And to your credit, the backside of it is very spoopy because it's got this like old creepy ass skeleton on it. So fits the bill, fits the bill for you. Yeah. All right. What's your round six? All right, I want to get back into your Dryad Arbor thing, right? Because a garden is not inherently scary, but if it's a grave garden, a garden inside a gravesite, then it's very scary or very spoopy. And that's why Yadara, Grave Gardener, is going to be some interesting options to the table here. So four colorless and a green for legendary creature, tree folk, druid. That's a 5-5. Five, five. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you may return it to the battlefield face down under its owner's control. It's a forest land with no other types or abilities. Which is good because now you're just recycling your own things into another permanent that you can then sacrifice to Baba Yaga on the rebound. Okay. So I, I like the idea in theory. I think, though, that this is a card that you have to be really smart about when you play it. Yes. Because, you know, like even your uh, the card you opened up with, you wouldn't want Yadar on the battlefield with that card. But it is a may. You may return it. Oh, okay, okay. Which oh, is yeah, way no, better. Which is way, way better. better. If it was if it was just return it, then it'd be like, like that might be more yeah. of a build around. Yeah, that's probably a little sweatier. But the fact that it does give you that may clause will let you keep the things in your graveyard that you want. Okay. Yeah, no, I like that. It's like you said, it's given us a more mana, but then also more things to sacrifice for Baba Yaga. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then I'm going to go with one. Sometimes you just got to go with the theme, right? And what streams more Halloween than not just flying mammals, not just flying, flying mammals. Well, we'll get to that. Especially big chubby ones. Like the one that I have in my other room. This is, this is baby. This is baby stouts month, but the old, the classic, you got to pull them in here. The vampire bat. Or whatever Jeez. bats do. So it's just one black for a creature bat. That's a zero one with flying. Then you can pump it twice to make it a two one until end of turn. It's a spoopy ass card. And just for one mana, you have an immediate thing that you can sacrifice to Bobby Yaga. I go and go. I told you there's for each, for each heroic intervention misprint that I have, I have one that's just a fastball down the middle that maybe not even is great in the deck. So for me, that's why I like it. It's a spoopy ass card. And for doing spoopy things, you might as well put this in here. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, I'm going to complete round seven with the queen of spooky Liliana Dreadhorde General. Of course. Of course you would. It's, it, I mean, uh, arguably, it's probably one of the best planeswalkers out there. I think this is your favorite planeswalker, or at least no, the one no, that you no. put I, in the most decks. Uh uh. No, it's the Liliana Last Hope. That's my favorite planeswalker. That's the one that I would run in as many decks as I can, and I usually ultimate it almost every time I play. Yeah, it. You've, you uh, do so put this one in a ton, though. You got it. I don't. I only have it in two. I, I just mean in, in the lifespan of B and B. I would say we've talked about this card in your in your cuts and ads oh, or the fair. deck maybe thirty percent of the time. All right, so it's four colorless, black, black. It's legendary planeswalker Lily. Uh, the cheapest copy you can get twenty bucks, and that's the secret layer. Yeah. Gosh, they don't even have the War of the Spark uh, Japanese version like price listed. It must be thousands. And what it does is a lot. Comes in with six loyalty. Whenever creature you control dies, draw a card. So now when you're doing your Baba Yaga stuff, yeah. potentially getting four cards. 
five cards, maybe, depending on how many creatures you're sacking. And heck, this even gives you the incentive to do the Baba Yaga, even if you don't have the three different permanents. Because it's right. like, well, I'm going to draw three cards. Exactly. Plus one, make a 2-2 two, two zombie creature token. Spooky. Minus Nailed four, it. each player sacks two creatures. Spooky, spooky. Minus <laughs> nine, each opponent chooses a permanent they control of each permanent type and sacks the rest. It's so goddamn spooky, the table will quit. <laughs> it's a great card. Uh, this is one I've been meaning to buy and and go to our our future soon-to-be potential sponsor drop and get like 10 copies of because it, it is insanely good. So good. All right. Round eight, kicking off. We're going with another spooky, spooky Planeswalker. And Tevish Zat Doom of Ooh. Four colorless black. We like it. Planeswalker Zat. It's a mythic. Cheapest copy is about $6. Plus oh, two. Create two zero one black troll creature tokens. Oh, and it comes in with four loyalty. Plus one. You may sack another creature or planeswalker. If you do, draw two cards, then draw another card. If the sacrifice permanent was a commander, minus 10, gain control of all commanders. Put all commanders from the command zone onto the battlefield under your control. So Oof. really this one, you know, the the spooky artwork, I mean, that's really, really creepy yep. as hell. Yeah, he's, it he's does, creepy. It does do sacrifices, which I would, you know, that's spooky. Throlls are really ugly looking, creepy oh, yeah. things. Disgusting. Like, Tuck, when I when I see the token uh, of the thrall, it reminds me of those little things in the uh, Halo series that would like oh, scamper yeah, around yeah, yeah, and the you have to use your guys. machine gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Head crabs, if you will. Yep, love it. I always forget he's partner too. I just mm -hmm. can't keep up. It's too much. It's too much. All right, Tuck. Well, what is your round eight? This is another green card. I probably should have put this in instead of heroic intervention because I think it's insanely good in here. But of course, and it actually count the classic exactly Deathrite Shaman, Spooky oh, AF, yeah. tons of skeletons in there. Hybrid Golgari for one two Elf Shaman X Tap Exile Target Land card from a graveyard. Add one of any color mana to your mana pool. One or Black Tap Exile Target Instant or Sorcery card from a graveyard. Each opponent loses two life. One green Exile Target Creature card from a graveyard. You gain two life. This was like the first Planeswalker in my opinion they ever actually printed. Just three insane abilities, and this also I think gives you this makes the sacrificing of lands feel a little better in this deck if you have to sacrifice land you at least know that you can recycle it later for another another pip of a color that you need to go so playing with playing with graveyards all over the place i mean there's a reason this card's still seven bucks after it's been reprinted three times and banned in modern legacy yeah that's insane um but also i mean i know this isn't usually your play style but the rest of the world uh crack lands like oh absolutely this is yeah. perfect fodder for your high-end fetch lands or even your low-end can't even Terramorphic Expanse. Ha, I do remember sure. what they're called. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I know I've I've cut Evolving Wilds and Terramorphic Expanse out of like almost every deck I own, I think. It's just it just right. does not hold up. Well, what's your round nine starting point? This one's really quick. Well, so we don't need to go too far into it. Um, but Hagra Mauling to me is like a slam dunk in here, obviously, as well. So two colorless, black, black for an instant. Uh it's creepy AF because that poor core person is about to be eaten. Uh, it costs one less to cast if an opponent controls no basic lands. Probably not going to happen, but destroys target creature, and then it flips over for a tap land. So for me, I think this is, again, a card in this deck that's way more modal than it seems, because even if it is a tapped land, if you don't need it, that's something that you can just play from your hand to sacrifice mm -hmm. immediately to Baba, um, just knowing that if you don't need the mana there. And then obviously, staple kind of removal spell. Not quite as good as murder on the front half, 
at least not all the time, but for me, just kind of an easy inclusion in your, in your Golgari decks. Yeah, I think that's fair. And honestly, Tech, I mean, the way that we're going here with a lot of these modal lands or utility lands, I mean, we might be land flooded to where if someone actually wanted to take this chaos draft and actually build it IRL, they might actually cut some basic lands. Yeah. Cut, you know, some of the lands that we would add after the episode. Because I, I think we're seeing that there's a lot of spooky AF, but very good utility cards that also can produce mana for us. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm going to complete this one with Molder Vine Reclamation. Oh, it's so good. Oh, so, it's so good. Three colorless Golgari. It's creepy. It's a cemetery. It's, it's oh, yeah. in, the middle of, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's an enchantment for uh, under 30 cents. Whenever a creature you control dies, gain a life and draw a card. Pretty, pretty simple. Yep. But once again, if, if Baba Yaga is going to have us do stuff and like sacrifice, as many other things that can give us additional triggers for those sacrifices makes it feel that much better. Especially yeah. if you're someone like myself who doesn't like giving up resources. Like, you know, I hate discarding cards to just draw a right. card. Like, that sucks. But if it's like, oh, well, I'm going to sacrifice two creatures and an enchantment, and I'm actually going to end up drawing, like, six cards, digging these people for life, gaining this yeah. much life. That's just, it, it, that's what's going to tell the table, like, oh, this deck's a problem. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Love it. Love to see it. It was on my list. I think I just watched, I might cut it at the last minute. Gotcha. All right. Well, my next one, I'm going to fight for it because it's spooky AF to me. It's oh, spooky AF in my life because this card kills me so often. We're doing it! Mana Crypt! Boo! Boo Zero this man! Mana. Boo this Zero man! Mana. Zero mana, artifact, cheapest copy, oh my god, is $175. At the beginning of your upkeep, flip a coin. If you lose the flip, it deals three damage to you, and it adds two colorless mana. <laughs> See, this is the soul ring for a spooky deck, because you're, like, game of chance. <laughs> I'm like, on life's edge the entire time. Oh my god. Crazy story, before Tuck, you say that this doesn't count. I saw someone on Facebook they were selling, like, I, I guess they used to have these, like, sealed packs uh, that would have, like, 50 of the same card or 100 of the same card in them. Something like that. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly. Like, may, it might have been something from R&D sure. or whatnot. But someone was selling a sealed mana crypt pack where it had, like, 50 or 100 crypts. Jesus. In the thing, yeah. Um, or And I might be exaggerating. It might have been 30. But regardless, he was selling this mana crypt pack for, like, Five grand, ten grand, or something, and I was where just did, like, "Oh my god, that's so many mana crypts." Where do these people get these? Like, this is like it's like the box of gold analogy, right? Where it's like someone's just been sitting on this for years and now decides it's the time to offload it. I don't know. I don't get. Yeah, it, I but. think I think most of these people they have to live in the Seattle area, and it's just oh. like people that worked at Watsy that have died, moved, stuff ends up at thrift stores, yeah. or they just know someone. They're like, "Oh yeah." It's you know, go go clean out the warehouse and they just find it. I think it's just that type of stuff. I the think in the sales, rest yeah. of the country, it's just luck at yeah. that point. Yeah, pretty much. All right, Tuck, what's your next one? All right, I think I'm going to go with this one. This is, this is an interesting one, but I think it's got a lot of utility in here too. I'm going to go with Blight Mound. So this Ooh. is a two colorless and a, and a black enchantment that is coming in for about 75 cents. 
And it has attacking pest you control, get plus one, plus zero, and have menace. But more importantly, whenever another non-token, whenever a non-token creature you control dies, create a one-one black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain life. So like I said, we kind of have like a little bit of a life game, tiny sub-theme in here. So at least you get that back. And like you said, we're going to be sacrificing piles of creatures, tokens, non-tokens, those sort of things. So building our army, making them bigger. And just giving more, even more sacrifice fodder to Baba Yaga. So, interest could have could have an army of these at some point, and then you can just kind of get a blowout. So you know the funny thing, the Blight Mound and the Golgari Germination. That with uh, your Silver Smote, every time you sack Silver Smote after the first time, you always then have your oh, free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time you you just have to make sure you gain that free life, which Blight Mound's gaining you a life. Golgari German Nay, I don't think that one did. Moldervang Reclamation, that's going to gain you yep. life when stuff dies. So, I mean, you could literally have it set up to where, oh yeah, I'm just going to be sacking every single turn. And, and it almost kind of turns into like my Shirai deck where it's like, how do we stop this? Right, yeah. The this engine is, is too good. It's too strong and there's too much stuff going on there. So it's too sweet. It's too sweet. So for my, la- my next pick, this one's going to be just another fastball down the middle. And it happens to be Spoopy, Reassembling Skeleton. So uh, yep. Colorless in a black for a 1-1 one, one, uh, Skeleton Warrior. That's an uncommon for 20 cents. Colorless in a black, return it from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. I don't want. I don't love having too many of these in here, right? I think then sure. you kind of get flooded with a bunch of shit that you don't necessarily need. But this is this is just like a great way to always have a target to sacrifice for a myriad of different things that you want. Keep bringing it back for its own casting costs. This seems to me like it, it's really got a lot of value in a deck like this. You know, I didn't add it to any of my list, but do the, and, and if you have them, you, you can just tell me to shut up. Do you think, because like normally in these decks with like things like Reassembly Skeleton, you want the sack outlets for mana. And then that way you can try to get like some sort of like yeah. chain going. Do you think those even have a home here? Or you, if you're sacking, you want it to be to Baba Yaga and nothing else? I... Th- mm. It's weird, right? Like, I, normally I, those are auto-includes. Yeah. Like, Phyrexian the, Arena... Not Phyrexian Arena, a Phyrexian Altar. Okay, let me say this. I have a pick for my next pick, which I'll explain as to what I like about that, compared okay. to the other ones that we have. So, I, uh, let's, let's, let's put a pin in that, and we'll get right back to it in round 12. All right. Well, reassembling skeleton, I like it. Yeah. You know, there will be times where a board wipe happens. You need to try to rebuild. And if you could rebuild from your graveyard without other pieces needed, then, yeah, that makes it a little bit easier yeah. to do. Well, I'm going to close this out with Tuck's card that he cuts from every deck, but it's spooky art. Boo. And you lose life. Phyrexian Arena, it's coming back. Boo. Black, black, enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep, draw card, lose life. Pretty easy. Oh, God. The whisper of authority rises over a cacophony of grinding machines. Should we start? If we don't have anything to say about this card, should we just do that in a spoopy voice? Oh, sure. So here's what I like the most about this. You already have black market connections in this, so you can literally just play this and then just sacrifice it to Baba Yaga the same turn because you already have the better version of the card in here. That's why I like this card in this deck. Slam dunk. Crazy. (laughs) All right. Well, my next one is actually Kaya's Ghost Form. I Ooh, think this good one. So Great. Good. Yeah. Slam dunk. Slam dunk on here. So Kaya's Ghost Form, single black, 36 cents, enchantment aura. Cool thing. Enchant a creature or planeswalker you control. When enchanted permanent dies or is put into exile, so basically they got to shuffle it or bounce it, return that card to the battlefield under your control. I mean, an yeah. absolute slam dunk. If her 
you know, you could throw it on your planeswalker, and it's like if you really needed that Bobby Yaga trigger, you could target this, the planeswalker, and a creature to your thing, or just target the planeswalker or whatever else. Heck, this is good because if we do want to ultimate our Liliana, she dies, but then it'll come back and then it doesn't. The pain train yep. continues. So I yep. think this is a great pick. Yeah, I'm big on it too. Um, I think this is also a great target for your commander, right? Same thing that we're talking mm-hmm. about. You either get it back or uh, you can just sacrifice it if you need it in a pinch. So love it. Can't say enough good things about this card. All right, Tuck. What is your round okay. 12 and the story behind it? So the one, where did it go? Oh, here we are. So the, I don't, I think the, the cart, like the, the, the altars of the world, I don't know if we're ever going to be that mana starved in this deck because so far, most of the stuff we talked about is pretty low end. So we can sacrifice it, get it out quickly and go. So that's why I think a sack outlet in the form of a card called fiend artisan, which is definitely spoofy has a ton of range in here. So this is a card that was really hyped when I, when um, Ikoria came out then kind of fell by the wayside. And now it's only six bucks. I think you're, I'm going to pick up a copy of it too. So Golgari Golgari hybrid for a one, one creature nightmare. That's a mythic rare. So already spooky enough. So number one, it gets plus one, plus one for each creature card in your graveyard. So already this is going to be a good late game pick there. Right? So then we have X, uh, and then Golgari Hybrid again. Tap, sack another creature. Search your library card with converted mana cost X or less. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Activate this ability only anytime you can cast a sorcery. So for me, this is something that makes like, what's it, Birthing Pod? I kind of like this one as like mm-hmm. a Birthing Pod kind of plus, right? Where it's like, you can sacrifice your resembling skeleton, pay four, and then go get a four drop or whatever you want to do like along those lines. Because it doesn't say it doesn't have to deal with the creature card that you're sacrificing. So for me, if we're, if we're going to have another auxiliary sack outlet, I'd rather have something like this that in and, in and of itself could definitely be a big threat, right? I mean, it could be in this deck, it could be a 10, 10 or a 12, 12. And also it has a sacrifice ability. So this is more of the kind of like free sack ish that I'd rather go with. Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, you said reassembling skeleton. I'm thinking every token that we're producing. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, normally yeah. that's why Slam birthing dunk. pot and that stuff like sucks because it's like, man, it's based off the CMC and it's plus one. So it's like, great, I'll go get a one drop. How many of right. those do I actually have in my deck versus this? I'll sack that, you know, uh, token. And oh, I didn't really have anything to play this turn. Let's pay seven and see what seven or less drops I have in here. Maybe there's a Micaeus or something like that. Absolutely. Um, I, I really, really like that. That's a good pick there, Tuck. Thank you. All right, so to round this off, especially because I can see the notes, and I know it's going to be happening after yours, this was the card that came to my mind immediately when you when you gave me this deck, when you okay. said the commander and the spooky theme. And it's I think this card is so cool, but it's so niche. like you, It's so hard to play. So it fits everything. Deals with creatures dying. Deals with spoopy things. Deals with resembling skeletons. And that card is our old pal and friend, Skeletal Swarming. Let's go. Three colorless, a black, and a green for an enchantment. Each skeleton you control has trample, attacks each contact, of, uh, attacks each combat fable, and gets plus X, plus zero, or X the number of other skeletons you control. At the beginning of your end step, Create a 1-1 tapped black uh, skeleton creature token. If a creature died this turn, create two of those tokens instead. It's amazing. It does everything this deck wants. It's spoopy because it's got your skeletons. It's going to pump your reassembling skeleton into something that might actually be a threat at some point. Magic Christmas land for sure. But we are going to be sacking creatures every single turn that we have. 
whether it's Defiend Artisan or whether it's something else, we are always going to get those two those two skeleton co- creature tokens. And I bet you this, Moldvine Reclamation, Phyrexian Arena, Black Market Connections, no one's going to do anything about this card. If we get it down early, this card's going to run people over and run them out of the game. Slam Dunk, best card in the deck, no questions asked, Built total build around for me in this deck. I'm really shocked that they didn't have for the instep clause a uh if a non-token creature died this turn like how did they miss that maybe it's because it's maybe it's because it's a bulk rare or scratch that the apperstand is 33 dollars but it's like it's a perfect like cycle in of itself right so yeah this was a card this was a card i would build this deck around if i was going to build this in real life because it just does everything that you want well i think this card is also one that you'd want to build the deck around uh some call it a massacre you bastard <laughs> I love how uh, so far I've only stolen stuff from you, but yet you have yet to steal it. Oh, oh! Me. Let me tell you, we haven't even gotten to the weird stuff yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Meat Hook Massacre is the best X card ever printed black. in black. Yeah, and it is a legendary enchantment. So, it has recently been banned at standard. It's still a fifty-dollar card, which is insane. Uh, when Meat Hook Massacre ETBs, each creature gets minus X, minus X until the end of turn. Whenever creature you control dies, each opponent loses a life. Whenever creature an opponent controls dies, you gain a life. So it's spooky all over. Literally, the card art and the title of the card, scary as hell. And the actual effect will put fear into the table's hearts. Is this is this a... I have nothing more to say about this because I was on my pick. The only thing I'll say is this. Is this a black staple now? No. You don't think so? I don't think so, because not every black deck cares about its creatures dying. True, 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 true. So, now if you wanted to say, hey, is this now up there with Toxic Deluge as a... Uh, oh. Or not Toxic Deluge. Oh my gosh, what's the black, and then when you... Uh, it'll shuffle back into your library. Black Sun Zenith. Black Sun Zenith. Now, if you wanted to say, hey, is Meat Hook Massacre now on the same level as Black Sun Zenith? Like, if you're putting in Black Sun, you might as well do this. Yeah. That I can get on board with, because they're both X. They do this minus effect to the creature to the board. I like that. But as a Black staple, I think you have to have a lot of the creature aspect, too. Mm -hmm. It's not good enough on just removal by itself. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That tracks. All right. Well, that's going to complete round 13. Before we head to 14, we'd love for you to go check out abyssproxyshop.com. And if you do and decide to make a purchase, if you use code CMDTOWER, you're going to get 10% off. Please, for the love of Christ, it's CMDTOWER, all one word. People, stop doing Command Tower. That is not us. Or, There's actually or, some channel that I think it's called Command Tower, but they haven't put out content in like a decade or something like that. Really? Oh, so, yeah. Because I remember when we first started, we saw them. And because I think we were having issues getting like right domains and stuff. But anyways, they do have a great, great proxy playtest collection on there. Uh, they usually print on demand. They can do custom decks. I've had multiple custom decks done by them. Um, it's usually, I think, about $400 to get a full 100 card deck. And you can pick the card art. You can pick the titles of it. You can really dictate every piece of it. Or... Simpler way, just go on there, search the catalog, and you can get proxies as cheap as $3. So with Wizards of the Coast making it okay for proxies, it should be okay for you too at abyssproxyshop.com. Hot take. All right. Round 14. I'm... Hmm. Okay. Oh, you're going you're gonna to roast me for this one, but that's okay. Oh, good. Oh, it's good. Been happening. It's been happening enough. I think the card art is kind of creepy, just like in what they're doing. 
But for me, it's actually the effect of the card is so spooky because Baba Yaga gets to do it twice. So I'm thinking Rings of Bright Earth really go into the deck. And it's kind of spooky. Hands, fire, works. It works. Uh, three colorless artifact. Whenever you activate an ability, as long as it's not a mana ability, you may pay two. And if you do, copy the effect and you may choose new targets for the copy. So the nice thing is that the way that Baba Yaga is actually written out the sacrifice is part of the cost. So you would basically sack your three permanents, you'd pay your two, but then you're going to get six life, six cards, and each opponent's going to lose six life. So that's spooky, right? And her, her, their hands are kind of in the fire, in the, in the devil's mouth. So I, 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 don't lo I don't love it, I'll be honest with you. But I do have, I do want to shout out Chard Spark in our Discord. He said... The Meat Hook Massacre is the Black Great Henge. And then he did just say, Spooky Donuts, oh no. Oh no, the Spooky Donuts. <laughs> okay, so I am sharing with our YouTube and Twitch community the uh, invention art. I mean, it is literally two rings floating on GD fire. Like, come on, if you walked into a room and That's saw that, you'd be like... That artwork, the artwork, I'm looking at it now on Twitch. That artwork, that artwork is just as spooky as Soul Ring. Oh, this is creepier than Soul Ring. Soul Ring's not even on fire. Oh, so the hand one I will give you because my I kind of went with the same thing for my round uh, 14 pick, which is Dig Up. Uh, I think this card is appropriately spoopy. So this is a new one that I don't really see a lot of play, which is kind of crazy. So it's one green for a sorcery that has cleave, a colorless, two, two black, and a uh, green. So you may cast it for its cleave card. If you do remove the words in square brackets, one of the stupidest and overly complicated mechanics that wizards have come up with. But for one green, effectively, you can search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle. Or for four, you can search your library for a card, put it in your hand, then shuffle. Uh, it's about 140. So for me, again, I just like this as the utility, and it's got those big claws and that scary little maggot in there. So kind of, kind of a this. theme demonic uh, tutor. And I, I am sharing it with our, our viewing audience. The double feature card is oh, super yeah. creepy. I yeah, mean, it's black, black and, white. and white. You got the creepy hands. It kind of gives you that werewolf kind of aesthetic from like the 30s and 40s. So, okay. So there we go. That, that's a cop. We got creepy hands. That, that's creepy, what we're going yeah, with. Yeah, all cards with creepy hands. That's what we're looking for. All right. Round 15. Start us off. Oh, shoot. It's me again. Okay. I am going to go with a car, another... This is the one where I was pretty sure that, nope, okay, sorry, which is not a keyword. It's just in the thing, but oh, which yeah. the Moors definitely spoopy. Three colors, double black for a creature, human warlock with death touch. It's a 4-4, and it says at the beginning of your end step, if you gain life this turn, each opponent sacrifices a creature, and you return up to one target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So oh. just doing your, again, like you said, right, this card just... We got to come up with a new term for this, where it's like, this card just benefits from you playing the game, right? Yeah. This just benefit, like playing the deck or whatever you want to call it. Just by playing the deck, you're going to get value out of this, right? The the creature card from your hand to the, from the graveyard to your hand is like kind of whatever. But the fact that this is just a repeatable way to force your opponents into sacking their creatures, to me, it seems like it's pretty strong. And it's also very spoopy. Many arms. A lot of arms going on here. A lot, of, a lot of arms. What, what of do you arms. think they do with all those arms? I don't know. Just imagine. See, I was about to say, maybe they're just like 
corpse arms. Like it's from people that the witch is like sacrificed right. and they're just like attached. But now I see them like holding stuff. So well, yeah, like one of them's know, got the lantern. One's got a, so you can like hold a light, feed yourself, use a walking stick, and draw a knife. And then the other two are just for spoopies, I guess. Spoopies. Spoopies. All right, well, my next one is a uh, very very spooky card and effect. We're talking grave pack. Ugh. So oh, colorless so trip black. Enchantment, whenever a creature you control dies, each other player sacks a creature. Pretty pretty easy. $27 is the cheapest copy. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, they're just not going to reprint this, right? <laughs> no. So I guess question, Tuck. Do you think for two mana more, the uh, um, Erebos, the Dictate, is? do you think it's worth for the flash effect for two mana more? I think it's only one more, right? Because Dictate's five and this oh, is four. Oh, is it four. five? Oh, okay. Yeah, one mana for Flash then. That seems pretty easy. Yeah, it's slam dunk. I mean, if you're going to... if I, I like Dictate more just for that because it's kind of a got you. And in multicolored decks, uh, you're getting the three pips is kind of a little bit trickier. But honestly, in this deck, like if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. So you might as well just have them both, right? Like you're going to get the equal value out of both of them. Well, my uh, round 16 pick, we're kind of going back to trying to get the multiple uh, types within. We are talking Noxious Gearholt. Oh. Four colorless oh, black black artifact creature. So we're covering two of our bases there. It has Menace. It's a 5-4. And when it ETBs, you may destroy another target creature. And if a creature is destroyed this way, you gain life equal to the toughness. It's, you know, even if we don't have Baba Yaga doing her stuff, uh, this can help us get some of those. If you gained enough life, do this. Yeah. Uh, if you gained any life, do that. And it's nice to have a, a removal spell that will also give us modality with what the deck wants to do. Like you said, gain life too is always great in here. This is like this is probably like what one of the top tier targets of reanimation in this deck, right? You're gonna, oh, sac yeah. you're gonna sacrifice it, getting it back to hand with anything and being able to recast it over and over again. Like being able to cast if you can cast this card once a turn, every turn in the late game, like I think you're really gonna have a lot of a lot of lockdown on the deck, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. All right. What is yours? 16. Oh, shoot. I had one. Where'd it go? Damn it. Where is it? All right. I'll go with something. Oh, here we are. Uh, so we, we don't have a ton of planeswalkers in here, right? But we do have some certain ways to tutor up some creatures, perhaps. So for me, I thought that our old pal, Gris the Hunger Tide, would be an interesting hmm. pick in here. So Grist, for those playing the home game, is a colorless green and a black for legendary planeswalker Grist. That's a mythic for around five bucks. That's a guy with three loyalty. As long as it's not on the battlefield, it's a 1-1 insect creature in addition to its other types. Plus one, create a 1-1 black and green insect creature token, then mill a card. If the if an insect card was milled this way, put a loyalty counter on and repeat this process. I mean, you might fill up your graveyard. You have another target for Deathrite Shaman, I guess, but that's kind of it. Minus two, sacrifice a creature. When you do, destroy target creature or a planeswalker. And then finally, minus five, each opponent loses life to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. So I love the fact that it's a planeswalker, right? We don't have too many of them. When it's not on the battlefield, this is a card that you can bounce back to your hand because it's still a creature in your graveyard as well, which is pretty cool. And the first the, the first ability is mediocre at best, but the minus two and minus five, I think have so much, so much value in this deck. So kind of like a fun, spoopy inclusion on my end. I think it's spooky. I actually, the, the more we go through this list, Tuck, and it'll be interesting to see the recap at the end, I think you're overvaluing how many creatures are going to be in our graveyard. If you've really? noticed, we haven't, we haven't talked about that many non-token creatures. Mm. Everything we're talking about are tokens. 
Oh, I can. So, well, we, can we can change that, baby. Don't you worry about uh, that. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, spooky art, low CMC, and a sacrifice effect to destroy something. Here for it. There it is. There she is. All right. I'm going to pull one out that I know is not a good. Wait, hold on. I actually do have a good one. I, I have a couple in here that are like super Halloween themed, but this one. Okay. This one, this is one I want to go with. Cause I thought this card was really interesting. So again, riding around on blue, riding around on Bloomsticks or broomsticks, if you will, this girl is going to start getting stuff out of the game that your opponents never saw coming. So we are going to go with thought picker, Witch. Uh, one black for a 1-1 one, one creature, wizard, human wizard, redacted. One colorless, sack a creature. Look at the top two cards of target opponent's library. Then remove one of them from the game. We Like you just said, we have our tokens lying around. Now we have something to do with it. It's kind of like a roll your luck. You're roll your luck, right? You mm -hmm. can pay. You might be able to get something like, a, I don't know, a Kozilek or a Dark Seal. Or you might just get a land if someone's land, land starved. I think it's like a fun ability just for one. Uh, I run this in my Shirai deck, and it's a Wait, really? Oh, yeah. sick. Nice. Yeah. Oh, it's also uh, a one-one. Nailed it. Yeah, and yeah, the whole opponent's library, then exiling it from the game, yeah. just wrecks people. It just wrecks people, because so many people want to be like, okay, before the end of your turn, I'm going to Mystical Tutor or Vampiric Tutor, and it's pop a library, and it's like, damn it, they're going to draw it. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well, once that's resolved, and before we move to the next phase, I'm going to now do this, sacrifice a creature. And it's cool because you can actually sacrifice Thought Picker, which doesn't have to be right. another creature. And it's like, yeah, that card you tutored, exile. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I thought you liked that one. I thought that one would tickle your fancy. All right. Well, I'm going to complete out this round with a very, very scary looking card. And your table will be scared when it lands. Worm Coil Engine. Oof. So. It is spoopy. Worm Coil Engine, six colorless artifact creature. We're covering our basis there. It's yeah. a mythic. It does quick pause. Should this almost just be an artifact deck? Where is it like you put as many artifact <sighs> creatures as you can, and then it's just you're using another creature type to help supplement? Or is it like artifact creatures and enchantment creatures? And like that's just like everything you're doing? Like I almost wonder how many creature types there are that have the both. So let me tell you this. Fi oh, wait, finish reading the card and then I'll I'll come back to it. Okay, Death Touch and Lifelink, uh, and when it dies, and here's the other nice thing about it, is that you're going to get a 3-3 Worm Artifact Creature token with Death Touch, and then another one, but this one will have Lifelink. Okay, so I had this conversation with Single Aeron kind of recently, right? So the new Warhammer deck that came out is Mono Black Artifact, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, because he was like, should I make this like, sh I don't want to do Mono Black, so I should do like Gogari with Glitz of the Traitor? I was like, sure. So I think until that deck had gotten printed out that has so much mono black support for artifacts, I don't think you could. But now I think that would be a really interesting way to build this. Golgari sacrifice and artifacts, that would be wild. That would be actually be pretty sick. So I think now there is support if there wasn't a year ago. Gotcha. Well, yeah. and then I ooh, that might be a Silencia colored card. The one that makes everything an enchantment. That's Silencia, right? Or is that mono green? That's Enchanted Evening. That's Azorius. Blue, blue Azorius. White. Never mind. Yeah, completely wrong. So, anyways, you guys, you guys, you guys get the gimmick with Worm Coil Engine. It's going to count for two of our Baba Yaga things. It's a scary mid range uh, blocker and in the red zone. But then the great thing is that even when it does die, whether it be from our opponents or our own sacrifice volition, we're getting two more buddies to come along with it yeah. that still help us in the Baba Yaga stuff. 
yeah, what a what a this card is actually terrifying. <laughs> the artwork and on play. So you got there. It is very spoopy. All right. Um next one we're gonna go with is a spooky card. And it scares the hell out of people. And I'm pretty sure this card, oh! if it was in universe, would also be scary. Hagrid God of Fright. <laughs> Three colorless black black legendary creature. God. It has menace, uh, and it's a four or five. And you get it for about two seventy five, pretty cheap. Uh, it has minutes. Whenever an opponent sacks a non token permanent or discards a permanent card, you may put that card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It does technically flip and become <laughs> Tegra's Lantern for three colorless black. Should you want to cast it for it, and it's a legendary artifact. Tap target player loses three life unless they sack a non land permanent or discard a card. Three colorless black to untap Tegra's Lantern. I mean, I'm sweating just thinking about this card. <laughs> it's, so, it, this scares the shit out of me. So the funny thing is we actually talked about this when we did the EDH Rex salt, salt list with me, SD, and Marketing Ross on Wednesday yes. stream, which that episode will debut next week uh, for the collective. Or I guess if you're now listening to this in retro, it came out earlier. The kind time continuum doesn't make sense. No. So here's what I had said, Tuck. What if the card is still printed as is, you just took the text boxes and flop them. So the Turgrid side would be the one stating tap, target player loses three life unless they sacrifice, and then three black untap, Turgrid got a fright. And then the lantern would be the one where it's the sacrifice or discard. You may put that from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. I feel like that makes the card 10 times fairer because you can no longer reanimate it from the graveyard. I think that's the biggest issue with Turgrid is that I can I can kill it, but then, you know, if it's in black, they probably have reanimation and those types of spells. They're just going to bring it back. But if it was just an artifact, if it was on the backside, it's like you would have to return it to hand and then be able to cast it. You would never be able to pull it straight from your library or graveyard to the battlefield and have it have that intense effect. Do you think that would have made people feel a little bit more comfortable? Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't what? think it, I don't. I don't think it matters if it's on what side it is. That effect is so oppressive. It doesn't matter if it's a creature, or artifact, or whatever. If it was an enchantment, that would be insane. If it was a, well, it no, was... but you're missing the point that it's on the backside of the card. There's right, no yeah. way to get it to that backside unless you return it to hand and then cast it. That's I my still, point. I still think it's too. I think it, I don't think that changes. That doesn't change anything for me personally. That's still way too scary. Legit, you're way too, too scary. scary. You're too scary. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, why don't you round out round 18? I know we're let's getting go. down to the wire. I know, right? So let's go to this one. This is another classic Halloween one. Uh, I'm going to go with Bad Moon. So Bad Moon is pretty straightforward. It's double black for an enchantment. Black creatures get plus one, plus one. Spoopy AF, right? Uh, like a lot of the tokens we're creating are skeletons, are pests, that sort of things are solid. And here's the best part, right? Here's what I like about it. You'll Bobby just sacrifice Yaga. it to Baba Yaga. Bingo. Because your, your opponents are going to think that, oh, yeah, I'm playing my teeny weenies. I, I got this game on lock. I'm going to keep this guy alive for as long as possible because all my creatures get buffed. And then you throw it right on their face right before combat. It's very spoopy. Look at the old school. Look, the old ones. The old. There's a fucking skull on the on the moon. The art is, you know, you're, you're checking the boxes on the spooky 
uh, side of the equation. On the is it good for the deck side? Absolutely not. This is well, such a bad card. Well, listen, if you if you don't like that one, you're going to hate this one. To round out, before we go to the lightning round, I'm going with another card that's been old because oh the game is long. We're going with Quambaj Witches. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Look how spoopy that art is. That artwork freaking rules. This is a bad that. card. It doesn't matter. Look at look at that artwork. It's incredible. Seth McKinnon, shout out to you and your sister. Double black for a creature human wizard Harry, uh, or wizard redacted, if you will, for one three. Tap deals one damage to any target, one damage to any target of an opponent's choice. Let's go. It's spoopy. And then you just sack it to Baba Yaga. You play this on turn two. You tap it. You kill out some sort of like mana dork. Bobby Yaga comes out on turn three. Turn four, you kill another mana dork or ping someone in the face or hit a planeswalker, then sacrifice it. The game's already over. It's spooky. Look, look, if we if we want to stretch what is spooky in the art or about the card, okay. That's fair. It has witches it, in the title. How much more Halloween effect, can you get? The effect, the effect is worthless. It is so bad. It's got witches in the title, Mr. Combo. I'm so up. You know what? Because Tuck did this, I'm going to... Uh, How are you going to round out before we go into the lightning round? No, I'm just going to piss you off. I know. Do it. Do it. Let's go here. Let's do it. How about Blight Steel Colossus? How's that sound? How's that sound? Wow. You like that? No, I don't. I don't like it at all. <laughs> I don't want it. How is this even on your list? Or did you just pull this out of your ass just to spite me? No, it, it was on my list. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lysil Colossus, 12 colorless artifact creature, Phyrexian Golem. The art is spooky as hell. It's a Phyrexian, which is spooky as hell. And it does spooky as hell effects. Yeah. It actually fits. Trample, infect, indestructible. If it'd be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal it, shuffle it into the library. I like it. Usually you plop this down. It's just like, okay, I'm going to try to win off of Infect. Yeah. But you could then start messing with your opponents. And it's like, okay, I'm going to kill one person with it. Oh, you think it's going to be around? No, I'm going to sacrifice it. Have it go to the graveyard. And then it gets shuffled in. And it helps with my Baba Yaga effects. So creepy AF. It actually does creepy stuff. But I knew it would just piss you off because you hate this card. Facts. Mission successful. All right. Well. Before we head to the lightning round, we would love for you guys to check out our amazing Etsy store. If you head to Etsy.com, type in CMD Tower into the search bar, and you'll be able to see all of our great swag sweaters. You know, it's starting to get cold. Uh, we got tons of those Jund uh, holiday sweaters available. It's this nice combed cotton. It's super, super soft. Uh, we also have foil play mats. We do have nice hard metal tokens. Definitely, you know, everything you guys do with any of the different sponsorship ways that we've talked about this episode. That all goes directly into the channel. Uh, trust me, it does not go to my 90-foot yacht or Big Tuck's broken-down trailer in North Carolina. I just assume that's what North <laughs> Carolina has is a lot of broken-down trailers, correct? Correct. Okay. But no, for all reals, that's what's helping to get us to Magic 30. That's what's helping covering uh, a lot of the costs when we try to improve our content and stuff like you see a lot of us doing with OBS now. So yeah, just Etsy.com, CMD Tower. Go buy some stuff. Now we're going to do the lightning round, and as a reminder, I'm going to kick this off, and it's just going to be boom, 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 me, tuck, me, tuck, uh, for the next five cards. Then we will do a quick pause for the audio and for our Twitch and YouTube. You guys could probably come back in three to five minutes when we do the pause, um, and then we'll actually show you guys the deck statistics. So, yeah. kicking off, pick 20. 
there's only so many options. I know. I'm kind of like, I kind of blew my load on some of the earlier ones. No, no. I I still have so many good cards. It's just like now, what's technically creepy? What's technically good for the deck? I think we're going to go with, I I think this card right here. Okay. It's another one similar to where... You you can it's gonna get it's kind of like Noxious Gear Hulk. We want to sacrifice it and then we want to bring it back to keep doing the effect over and over. So I actually think Spine of Isha Ooh, is okay, a very right. spooky card and yeah, it's gonna okay. really help with our deck. So Spine of Isha is seven colorless artifact. When it ETBs, destroy target permanent, and when it is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return it to its owner's hand. You can get it for under a dollar. Normally, this is unplayable. But I think it fits our deck theme well because now seven colorless. Yeah, we're destroying anything we need to. That's a yeah. problem. But then it's immediately sacrifice fodder for Baba Yada. It goes to the graveyard. It's coming back to hand. And then the next turn, yeah. it's like, okay, do I need it again or do I not? Yeah, no, I like it a lot. Again, this goes back to, do, are we just playing artifacts? Are we just doing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe, right? Why not? Maybe. I like I like it. I think it's cool. It's a good, All a good right, pick. Chuck. Well, Give us your number 20 pick. As the witches round around their corners in in the halls of Strixhavens, they assemble their contraptions and their beautiful ingredients. And I have Newt here, the wand of hairy redacted bits there. Uh, And then they come up with a beautiful disastery spell that will pull everyone who's obsessed with treasure tokens and blood tokens and pretty much every deck that Big Tuck likes into its own place. We are talking about the ritual of calling the calling ritual for two colorless, a black and a green. It's a sorcery from Strixhaven for $3, which is kind of insane. Destroy each non-land permanent with value, mana value two or less. Add black or green for each permanent destroyed this way. Now we can completely flummox all people and their beautiful treasure tokens and keep all of our big swingers or maybe even get some mana for our reassembling skeletons of the world. <coughs> it's spooky. The effect, though, I just like... So I was never hot on this card because the whole mana value two or less, I just never felt like I was going to get enough. I always felt like I'm going to pay four and maybe get two or three things. Like, I mean, effectively, is like if it pays for itself, is it worth the slot? Uh, I've seen this card generate like... 12 mana off of one go. Oh, wow. And everyone, okay. everyone's token creatures got kiboshed. All of our treasure tokens went away. It was brutal. Absolutely brutal. And okay. it's spoopy. Okay. So there you go. You do love saying the word spoopy. It's my favorite. All right. Well, the next one, we're doing another Planeswalker in Garoop Apex Predator. Ooh, good pick. So I think this is spooky and a very spooky effect. Uh, five colorless Golgari. Uh, from N15, uh, this guy was a little under eight bucks, and it's a legendary planeswalker, Garuk. And it comes in with five loyalty. It has four effects. Plus one, destroy another target planeswalker. Bam. Plus one, create a three, three black uh, beast creature token with death touch. Super damn spooky. Minus three, destroy target creature, gain life equal to its toughness. Also spooky. And then minus eight. <laughs> Target opponent gets an emblem with whenever a creature attacks you, it gets plus five, plus five, and gains trample until end of turn. I think it's just spooky on whoever you put that emblem on because they're just going to get ramrodded because those emblems don't go away. So, I mean, this guy checks so many boxes. And and what I'm kind of seeing here, Tuck, it seems like a lot of our top-end cards, or at least the ones that I've picked, have all been Planeswalkers, and everything else is kind of the lower end. So it definitely feels like, you know, once we get to that 
nexus point where it's like, oh, I'm doing Torment to Hailfire or whatever. It's actually like, now it's almost like kind of like a Planeswalker deck. Like, we're almost right. doing Super Friends. And now we're going to start doing a lot of these effects and really kind of controlling the board even more. Love it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly spoopy now that he's like some horrible like Planeswalker assassin, right? I like that there. Mm -hmm. Great top end. Love it. Love all of it. All right. Well, what the, is the, your the, round 21? They're coming to get you, Mr. Combo. Alter the Brood? They're coming to get you, Mr. Combo. There! Look! Comes one of them now! Which is a quote from the classic movie, Dawn of the Dead. All right, two colorless, triple black for an enchantment from Torment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life. At the beginning of your upkeep, you return target creature card from your graveyard to play. That creature gains haste until end of turn. Remove it from the game at end of turn. So repeatable reanimation target, right? Obviously, it's spoopy AF. And the best part mm -hmm. is that I think this is why... I don't know why this card isn't played very often. Like, I've never really seen it played. The thing I like the most about it is this, is that it doesn't say if that creature dies, you have to remove it from the game then, Right. So this is a way to get some of our bigger targets, like our Noxious Gear Hulk or something like that, to get into the red zone, then eventually sacrifice into Baba Yaga, and you're off to the races, as as we've been talking about in this entire deck tech. Yeah, no, I, I'm all here for this. Uh, repeatable uh, reanimation, that's really good. Like, this was on the, uh, I didn't see this one, but it's a similar effect to, like, Deadbridge Chant, I believe is mm -hmm. what it is. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, is that yeah. good enough for this? And I, I, I think this card is... Because it's only like you're losing a life. Dead bridge, right. you have to mill 10. And it's like if you mill the 10 that you can't do anything with, it's like, well, damn, that kind of sucks. So I, I really like this. And it's only $3. And if you want to get a cool uh, foil of, from Torment, you can get it for $26. There you go. If you want to bling out this uh, Chaos Draft deck of sorts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we haven't talked about it yet. So we'll, we'll do a boring one here um, okay. in Black Market. Yeah, so, oh God. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to have it. Not a control. It. <laughs> so black market, three colorless, black, black. Whenever a creature dies, you put a charge counter on it. And then at the beginning of your first main phase, you end up adding a floating black equal to the number of charge counters on it. Everyone, I mean, we're going to be sacrificing stuff. At, so it's like a bare minimum. Okay. Normally, when you play this, it's like, well, I'm getting a lot of the benefit from my opponents as well. It's just whenever a creature dies, because I'm right. usually sacking, then that when I sack, they have to sack. So it's a lot of this incestuous sacking. I actually look at this card in this deck is I don't give a F what my opponents do. At minimum, every single one of my turns, I'm probably adding at minimum two charge counters, maybe three right. to it. Right. So, right. and if it's like, if I'm doing that at a bare minimum, I'm going to get out of control very, very quick. And once this gets big enough, because sometimes black market does get big enough where it's like, I don't know what to do with all this mana. I'm just going to like yeah. waste it. And so now it being in an enchantment, this is another target to sacrifice with Baba Yaga. So what's like we were playing one at your bachelor party where you had like 18 on here and you're like, well, I have one card in hand. So oh yeah, do? my other Golgari deck that I built. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So here's the funny part. So do you think Watsi and its infinite wisdom thought that like charge counter on black market kind of makes sense, right? You're charging someone at the market, but sure. like charge now is all like artifact and like electricity and whatnot. Do you think that's huh. just an oversight? Probably. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's always, there's always so many different counters they can do. Right. Yeah. All right, Tuck. What do you got? All right. This man, much like the Godfather is well gifted in the pants area. <laughs> And also, it's impossible to kill because he is old Rootstein 
For a colorless, a black, and a green, you have a 1-4 legendary creature, human peasant. When he enters the battlefield or at the beginning of your upkeep, mill a card. If a land card is milled this way, create a treasure token. If a creature card is milled this way, create a 1-1 green insect creature token. If a non-land, non-creature non-land card is milled this way, create a blood token. So in a deck that cares about reanimation, sort of shenanigans, either way, you will get another permanent that you can sacrifice to Baba Yaga. I don't like it. Don't like it? I don't like it. it. Does it do it for you? No. Because even with the accent, even with the accent work. Yeah, no. Uh, Because here's the issue, Tech. I still think you're overvaluing how much reanimation we've actually put in this chaos draft. We actually haven't put a lot. We haven't talked about reanimate, animate dead. We haven't talked about any of like the basic ones. So and that this this deck, in my opinion, is very much like my Gisa and Geralt deck, where. How many times have you seen me play that deck and I mill four and it's like, well, never seeing those cards ever again. And it's just like, unless you have solid reanimation strategy, I don't think anyone should ever be doing it. Even though you're getting replacement tokens and permanents for whatever you milled, I'm going to guarantee that murder is a better card in your hand than a GD blood token. And murder is like the lowest. (laughs) That's the lowest on the end of it. So maybe, I, maybe, I, but maybe, maybe you get fan. the, maybe you get the one type, maybe you get your artifact or something like that, that you just need, you just need a little bit of juice there. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Um, let's see for round 23, I'm going to go with tough. Let's actually do this. Let's uh, do it. Creepy art, creepy effect. And people get pissed. We're going mind crank. Oof. So. Mind Crank is two colorless. It's an artifact. And it states whenever an opponent loses life, they mill sure. that many cards. Yeah. So now our Baba Yaga effect, we're gaining three. Each opponent's losing three. We're drawing three, and they're milling three. I mean, just as many things that we can tack on. It's almost like if you guys watch MTGO, the more more popular uh, you know, channel that does that with like Goldfish with their commander clash. I want right. to see a poker, like just like a card deck of just stacked <laughs> effects. Just like, oh, they they did the Baba Yaga effect. And it just like goes out. That's oh, what I yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, it's good. I like it. It, it, it. And that is like, there's some artworks like that is freaking terrifying. Like all this, all this Frexian stuff is just like complete nightmare fuel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm actually shocked that they didn't, now that we saw that they re-added the Elvish Visionary into a Phyrexian Elf Scout. Yeah. I'm shocked that maybe stuff like this haven't been like artifact or Phyrexian artifact or Phyrexian just, artifact. Just, just to start doing it because I think they're just looking to hype up Phyrexians yeah. for the upcoming sets. Right. Um, but Which yeah, I no, Mind Crank is a banger. Yeah, it's incredible. Love it. Love to see it. All right. What's your 23? And you only got one more after that. So you got last I two. I know. I know. I know. All right. I'm going to end on one that's good. And then I end on one that's bad. How about that? I don't like it. You don't like it? You did talk a lot about needing some more reanimation package, right? Uh-huh. And uh, and since we're gaining life, and since we're already we're already making our group of witches, which may or may not be called a coven, you might as well bring in the Veen Witch Coven. So this is a card that's for two colas and a green, sorry, uh, black for three, three vampire warlock, even though there's three of them. It's got menace. And then whenever you gain life, you may pay black. If you do return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. 
So again, we're already gaining life, right? We need that stuff coming from the graveyard out. This will give us something to do with maybe some leftover mana that we didn't have to tap down with our black market connections or uh, that we'd have to tap down with, I guess, this black market. So kind of a cute little card here, but more importantly, we can build our own coven, Kumbaja, which is our own, com our own commander and this card, maybe other ones that we've talked about that I've already forgotten. A See, this is a value. win. It's creepy <laughs> art. It has a creepy effect. It actually works with the deck. See, this is what happens when you actually go with the theme. This is a good one? All right. This is a good one. Okay. And I'm going to end mine with, pretty sure this is like the most popular Golgari legend out there. Oof. But it, it, I think it does fit the deck enough. Because um, even if we... Even if we don't have a lot of non-token uh, non creatures in the deck, it's always good for at least our commanders. So Marin of right. Clan Neltoth. Yeah, it's Colorless good. Golgari, Human Shaman. Uh, whenever another creature you control dies, get an experience counter. And at the beginning of your end step, choose our creature card in your graveyard. If that card's mana value is less than or equal to the number of experience counters you have, return it to the battlefield. Otherwise, put it in your hand. So we've already yeah. talked about multiple 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 things that we're doing in this deck around sacrificing our creatures now one of the things that'll be very difficult is if people keep removing baba yaga it's like yeah. oh man it now costs nine that's a little more than i want to pay the weird thing tuck i actually like marin in the 99 more than the command zone overall because she is such a target when it's in the command zone. yeah yeah, yeah. But when it's in the 99 people will get rid of her but we've noticed that we've done a lot of gain life, pay a black, bring something back to your hand. I think once we have Marin and we at least have like four uh, experience counters, unless we're concerned about exile, Marin's never going to go away and our commander is never going to go away. Right. Yeah. Our commander gets blown up. We're putting it to the graveyard and it's coming back with Marin. Marin gets blown up or even we need to sacrifice Marin to right. Baba Yaga's effect. Get, get multiple experience counters out there. We gain some life. Hey, I'll pay a black man to return Marin back to hand, and boom, it's sure. back out now. Um, yeah. I, I, think it, I think it has a lot of legs. It's super boring, but I actually think it's too good to not include in the deck. Yeah, I, I mean, like, and I'd like this as, like, a backup. Like, Marin of Clan Noth decks are kind of played out at this point, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I've been seeing them for, what, five years? Maybe longer. longer. So I think it's still, like, a good inclusion in the deck. It does what we were trying to do. And is like not gonna make our deck look more threatening than it actually is, right? So, yeah. yeah, bet bet it. All right, last pick for you, and then we'll do our little short break. What do you got for pick twenty four? I'm gonna learn you something right now. But you're so gonna learn in. me. Learn. I'm gonna learn you something. So I am gonna go see we you and I on Movie Pass or MC Pass went and saw Halloween the remake a few years ago. No, we didn't. I went with my ex-girlfriend from Kansas City a few years ago and went there and saw Halloween. Because <laughs> I've actually never seen any of the Halloween movies. So Okay. So, excellent. So, Halloween, I, I, I'm going to tonight to relax before I go, before my rugby game. I'm going to go see the new Halloween, Halloween Ends, right? And then I'm going to be writing my blog piece for my other 17th hobby about the trip dark of Halloween, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. So, the first Halloween was a classic, right? John Carpenter, great. The second Halloween was also successful, but then they decided to do something a little different. They were like, well, what if we turn these movies instead of being all about Mike Myers? What if we turn them into like an anthology, like a, like a, what's it called? 
Tales from the Crypt. So then they came out with the completely batshit insane movie where kids put on Halloween masks that then send lasers into their brains and spit out a bunch of cockroaches and snakes out of their mouth that then go kill their parents. Dead ass. And that movie is called, Mr. Combo, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. We're going to a piece of magic history, baby. Season of the Witch. Triple Black, an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice it unless you pay to life. At the beginning of the end step, destroy all untapped creatures that didn't attack this turn, except for creatures that couldn't attack. The end step. What do most people think is actually scary? Chaos. And what's a deck that we can bring it to them with? Season of the Witch. All right. Chard Smart I... just said that was a journey. Yeah. Is that a journey you want to go on? Yeah, I love this journey for me. I love this journey for you. I actually really like this card. I think really? this is actually really, I think this is really cool. I wish it wasn't $47. Or I know, I would, right? I would slam dunk, because I do run the indestructible equipment in my Shirai deck. Like, this would be a lot of fun in there, because it's like, oh yeah. yeah, kill all my teeny weenies. I don't give it. I don't heck. care. Like, yeah. they're all coming back anyways. But, like, Shirai is the one that, like, I can't actually attack with. Oh, right. Because, I mean, people would easily snap kill yeah, her. Cause she's, yeah, she's, like, but what, a 2-3 or something? 2-2? Two, two? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Any, but th this is awesome. I like this card. I mean, I actually think this card would be played more if it wasn't $50, just to be honest. I right? think it's super playable. Because yeah. it's, basically, it's basically the opposite of that red one, where it's, like, at the right. end step, Whatever creatures didn't attack get tapped down. Right. And that's just it. But man, the destroy? Oh, baby. Let's go, baby! Closing it off the right way. Spoopy. On theme. Spoopy. Reserve list. All right. Well, Collective, we'll be right back. We're going to put this in to tap out. Uh, probably not going to share it on screen, uh, but we will have that deck list in the show notes when everything officially gets published next week. So come back here in about five minutes, and for our audio cast, you literally won't see a difference. See you in a second. <laughs> and we are back. And for the podcast people, it's like we never left. <gasps> Creepy. Audible gasp. Uh, but we now have the deck statistics ready to go. And Tuck, uh, interesting things here. So right. What I'd like to do first is we're going to kind of go back to that EDH rec page, and I'm just going to kind of go back and forth. Like, here's what our deck had. Here's what their deck had. See if you have any thoughts on it. Okay. And then we'll just quickly hit the dollar amount, the competitive meter, and uh, we're going to wrap up this chaos draft. So our Perfect. deck had 21 creatures. The average deck on EDH rec had 30. So we had nine less creatures. Surprise? It's... Yes, actually, because like... Old yeah. It has to be three different... Permanent types. It can't just be three creatures and then nothing happens. Yep. Interesting. Planeswalkers. Ours had four. They had one. Um, I, I think we can understand that because I like Planeswalkers a lot more. So I think that's more of like a personal preference, yeah. like in my picks. And and it's just another permanent type to sacrifice if they're like if they're at one loyalty and you're like, well, there's nothing else to do with it, right? So yeah, I think I think more planeswalkers and decks usually is like a better thing, or at least more fun. Yeah. Well, and we never really talked about this. Baba Yaga doesn't care about sorcery speed. You can do it whenever you want. Yes, true. People could be true. swinging in at your planeswalkers, and it's and you, and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to set up my blocks before blocks, sack those three things. I don't take any of the damage, and now I'm getting these effects. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Enchantment wise, we had 18 
they had 11. I think they're good. I think all of our picks are great. So like, yeah. I think this is going to be a deck that is really going to value from enchantments, especially like the great pracks of the world. So I think having more of those is just fine. Sorceries. We had six. They had seven. We were about in yep, line. About right. Yeah. Can't sacrifice them. So don't want to have too many. And half mm-hmm. of the, I mean, most of the ones, except for Colian Ritual, except for three, were ones that we picked before we even started recording. Yeah. Here's the interesting thing, Tuck. You made multiple comments about the artifacts. We only had 10, and they had 11. Does that make you feel different about the, well, man, maybe this is the artifact deck? <sighs> no, because I think that's like, on average, yeah, that probably tracks. And honestly, they're probably very similar to ours, right? Like, mm-hmm. Wishcall Talisman's definitely like a slam dunk in there. So I think if you want to go the artifact route, you've got to put a little bit more effort into it. So that's that doesn't really that is not too terribly surprising. And then on the instant front, we had four; they had six. I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, I think take, pretty pick, much the same. Pick your poison. If you want to do more, if you want to do more interaction and instant speed, then fine. But again, I think it kind of betrays a little bit of the theme of the deck, right? Um, our average CMC was three two eight, which I think I you know EDH rec doesn't give us that data, but I want to say based off the chart, they probably were like a three two to a three six. So I think we were right there, even on yeah. the low end, which I think is good. And and Tuck, we talk we comment about this every time we do a chaos draft. Why in the world are our decks that we just build for this uh, channel <laughs> always a low CMC? Yet our personal decks are like. What's your CMC? Oh, it's like four seven. Oh, oh, I don't, oh, I don't know. Three eight. Do you have any problems with it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> What's the matter? And then competitive meter, 62%. Nonsense. Absolute, 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 absolute nonsense. It's just so, I don't know. Should we even bring that up? I guess we might as well. It's just like a funny thing to talk about, right? Yeah. The funniest part Uh, is how much, how much of the mana goes down if you cut blight steel. That's got to put us down to like at least a three flat, right? I mean, look at the, look at the distribution. We don't have anything more than five or seven rather normally. Well, I don't think if you cut out 13 total pips out of 65 cards that it lowers it it. 0.28 average. True. But no, I'm I'm pretty surprised by that. So uh, thanks for making it until the end. And please leave us feedback on whatever consumption platform you found us on. If you're watching us live on Twitch and YouTube, thank you. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, If you didn't know that we do these things live, Go do it anyways. Uh, or if you're consuming this on a podcast or watching it on YouTube after the fact, you know, leave that feedback. Let us know what you guys like. We need you guys to communicate because when you do, that's when we make changes. And when you don't, that's just when we flutter around. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, here's how you can do that. You can get a hold of me at Mr. Comet for five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for five. Big Tuck, where can people find you? At Big Tuck tweeting, nothing, no bits on there right now. So, but uh, right. do pay attention. Hopefully, by the end of the month, I'll have another article posted about the Halloween movies, like we talked about during the episode. There we go. Uh, you can always get at our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh, we will have this chaos draft list posted, plus the accompanying videos and stuff at cmdtower.com/slash bnbe159. And of course, we talked about the myriad of ways you can support us: our Patreon.com/slash CMD Tower abyssproxyshop.com, code cmdtower, or etsy.com, type cmdtower in the search bar. All three ways are how you can access ways to help uh, support the channel, but also support yourself, be able to get things for your accoutrement for game night. Definitely great ways to support us. So, Big Tuck, to close this out, bruise and build the chaos draft of Baba La Saga, the Night Witch. How do you think the episode went? Do you think our combined efforts have given this deck enough to where someone could just copy and paste it or 
you think they're still going to have to do some tweaks? Because maybe we missed a few things here or there. Like the deck. Uh, I love the spoopy restriction. I like that as the like kind of deck building thing, right? Uh, I think I took it a little bit more literally in some cards than in others. What the, so the third one was a copy and paste. The second one was how do you think the deck went? Or how do you think well, it's built? So the, the other one was, do you think the list that we've put together, someone could literally net deck it and it would be functional? Or do you think kind of now looking at the list, you know, all at once, we maybe miss some things and there's still some tweaks that need to be done. I think this deck is functional and fun. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily the strongest or best deck that we've, that we've done out of this. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but again, like if you're into these spooky themes, if you want to play cards like uh season of the witch and skeletal summonings, I think this is a good deck to do them in because it does have that sort of thing. I think Baba Yaga is kind of like a, and the kitchen sink deck, right? If you want to go artifacts, sure. you can go artifacts, right? If you want to go planeswalkers, you kind of can. I I think the picks that we had is going to be like I think you brought some really functional ones. I brought ones that are maybe like more goofballs or pet cards. So sure. I think this deck out of the gates would be fine. So I I think for me, I think what we've missed out on is mm -hmm. I think we maybe need to figure out more ways. Uh, I think, you know, like Revel and Riches types effects where oh, gotcha. you know, as a sacrificing, we're getting those additional different permanent types. So I think that's probably the only thing that looking back on it, we could, you know, or if someone went ahead and made this thing, they could go ahead and do that. That I think once that happens, it will be a way, way more functional deck than what we're seeing here. But yeah. I do think this deck is actually probably good enough as is to easily sit at a pre-con table and have fun. oh for sure oh yeah easy yeah, easy you could have fun at a pre-con table i think if you sat at a table that people are building gimmicks you also would be yeah. able to still have a ton of fun i didn't even think so, about i didn't even think about gimmick tables i gotta start i gotta bring i gotta figure what gimmick deck i'm bringing next week oh yeah that's right so um that that's how i kind of felt about it uh we would be super interested to hear what the community thinks about it leave a comment on the episode to let us know how much you liked it but with that being said we're gonna close this bitch out see you spooky, spooky music Ooh. oh did we just skip <laughs>